Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Connor Gedemi. Connor is the Director of Sports Performance at Flagler College, a Division II NCAA institution in St. Augustine, Florida. Over 10 over his 10-year career in college athletics, Coach G has helped develop numerous professional athletes and collegiate All-Americans at a Division I and level and two level using a 360-degree training perspective that encompasses both physical and psychological performance. Wow, Connor, what an honor it is to have an athlete trainer on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, how are you this evening? I'm doing well. Um, as as well as one can be after a after a day in a college weight room, but you know, wouldn't rather I would rather not be anywhere else. Fabulous, and I'm so grateful to have you. So thank you so much for joining us today and um and chatting to us on the Holistic Fitness Podcast. Um, I know it can it can sometimes be rough when you have a full day and then you get to chat to somebody. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit, but you know, like I. I <laughs> I really would like I, I say I take as many opportunities to say it as I can. Like I genuinely would not would rather not be doing anything else. Uh, eat, like yeah. being a strength coach, but then even more specifically, like there isn't a school I'd rather work at, and there there aren't athletes I'd rather work with. Um, and that's not just brown nosing because I'm going to tell them to listen to this. I, uh, it's it really is like a a, a a best possible case scenario. That's amazing. Yeah, and I think um, everyone needs mentors, whether it's young athletes or whether it's somebody who's not a young athlete listening to this podcast, having, having great mentors with all that experience is amazing. I feel like I'm going to start this podcast same way I start any podcast. Anyone that comes here and is, is sitting in this seat or in your situation, the kitchen floor, because you're waiting for things to be moved into your house. Um, <laughs> there's a very specific reason why they've gotten into it. So can you give me the context that I would need to know about your life to understand why you moved into athlete coaching? Um, but it's, it's funny you ask that, um, cause I, I think a lot of people get into college strength conditioning for like, none of these reasons are bad, but they're just surface level. It's like, oh, I, you know, I played sports in college and I still like to lift and, you know, all that stuff. And like, like I said, like, none of those are bad reasons. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like judge anybody for if that's the quote unquote only reason they got into it. That's fine. Um, but I was asking myself, like, what, like, what's my why? Uh, like why you know what's the deeper reason if if suddenly college athletics disappeared okay well what am I left with um mm. and, I, and I think my why is like like my if, if I were to give myself a purpose in life it's strengthen the individual and I don't mean that physically I mean that um through character so and I think the best way that I can do that is the, the, the best uh demographic that I can do that with is 18, 18 to 22 year old, uh, uh, young men and women, because I'm young enough that I remember being that age. Um, but I'm old enough that I can tell them what, at least to a certain degree, what to, and not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I, if, if I go back to, uh, strengthen the individual, then the, the best tool that I have to do that is the weight room. So mm-hmm. if I can teach somebody, uh, if I can use barbells, dumbbells and strength training to teach somebody uh, discipline, consistency, uh, work ethic, things like that, then it doesn't matter if they're in a classroom, a boardroom, a weight room, whatever it is, they're going to be at the front of it no matter what, simply like by by default, you know, like those are those are universally applicable character traits. And so like the the weights of the are like like genuinely like the the lifting part is the most boring part <laughs> not because yeah. it's not fun um but because it's like i know that w- whether they want to or not they're going to get bigger faster and stronger if they're able to build those things it's the helping them build those things like get over the fear of of hitting a deep squat with x amount of pounds on your back or 
or just you know holding a position that you didn't think you could hold you know or or, or you know or ripping somebody for or making somebody you know like clean the weight room for being late and you know, like teaching them you know just little little life lessons like that um that's so so if to, to kind of come back around to like if college athletics disappeared well i can still strengthen the individual through a number of different ways it's um you know i, I can help teach strong character traits and help guide young people in in a, a, a million different industries it just so happens that this is the most fun one and this, this is the one that i'm best at yeah i love that and i love that story what I specifically like is that you've dived a level deeper into why am I teaching this? Because then, you, you know, no matter what, you can help build those traits. Curious, why why weightlifting, why does weightlifting kind of build a character and why should we all be weightlifting to build that sort of character? It's it's certainly not a be-all, end-all. It's just the... Um you know, it's, it's not the, not, not that you presented it as such, but I know like yeah. somebody's going to say, well, I don't want to weightlift. Okay. You don't have to, but mm. I, like the reason why, why it is such a good tool is probably if, if I had, you know, if I had my, my elevator pitch for weightlifting would be 200 pounds is always 200 pounds. Like it doesn't matter if like in, in pretty much any other endeavor, or at least any endeavor that involves other people, you are somewhat at the mercy of uh, somebody else's attitude or somebody else's mood or somebody else's relationship with, with another somebody else. Um, so, but, but with, with weightlifting, like if you didn't move the weight, that's 100% your fault. Like, yeah. and if you did move the weight, like if you, if you hit a, if you hit a PR that belongs to you, like you didn't get, it wasn't because the bar was in a good mood or it wasn't because like the weights liked you that day, you either fucking hit it or you didn't. Yeah. Um, so like it's uh, it it's a a, ter a really, really good room to be in or it's a really, really good tool for anybody that doesn't. It, it's the ultimate meritocracy, I suppose. Um, like, did you do the work or did you not? Like, you don't yeah. deserve anything. I don't, I don't care how hard you worked to to hit that, uh, you know, 400 405 squat if it was high it was high like I, I don't care how badly you wanted it or how you know how how desperate you are to to hit a certain number if you didn't do it the way you're supposed to do it um or if you didn't eat the way you're supposed to eat or you didn't train as hard as you should have then it, then it doesn't matter what you wanted or what you what you so uh what you quote unquote did or didn't deserve it's did you do the work or not mm, no that's so true and I guess like when it comes to, well, not, I guess I know when it comes to lifting weights, that is such a big wake up call of, well, if you can't kind of lift it, then you didn't put in enough work in that kind of scenario. You obviously train a whole bunch of people and at like quite, I feel like 18 to 22 for me was a very vulnerable kind of soul searching time in my life. I was figuring myself out. I didn't really know what I wanted out of life so when you're helping these athletes at like a pretty pivotable pivotable man that's a new word I'm pivotal. creating out. <laughs> pivotal there we go I made up two words in the last podcast I, I I'm just gonna go with pivotable pivotal time of their lives um what kind of separates those who are successful and do lift the weight versus those who are not what sort of qualities do they have that's a good question um now it, and it's funny because I just called it the ultimate meritocracy. Um, but I mean, but I mean, there's some people that are just born with with God given gifts that, uh, you know, like people. Uh, uh, one of the, uh, like like common cliches that you hear is like uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Like, mm. sorry, but that's not true. <laughs> like, not all the time. It, yeah, it doesn't matter how hard you work. Some people are just gonna run, are just gonna wake up, roll out of bed, and run a sub four, five, 40 yard dash, and there's nothing you can do about it. And like, or and or and conversely, like, like I'm I'm a five foot seven white dude. Like, I'm not gonna play in the NBA. It doesn't matter how hard I train or how hard I work. Like, their talent is gonna beat my my work hard. You know? Yeah. Uh, so so I I suppose like that the I should make it you know backtrack a little bit not uh, or not backtrack but go back to that point and say it's the ultimate meritocracy with regards to yourself 
Mm. So there's always going to be some, you, you can work harder than someone else. They might still be stronger than you. They might still uh, lift more weight or run faster or whatever. But it's if you work harder than you did before, you will see the benefit over what you wouldn't have received otherwise. Um, but to your point about, you know, what separates, uh, what separates the people, the, the most successful people um, from the ones that aren't like, some people do, like I said, some people do get by uh, straight up just on talent and they really don't have to work hard. Um, mm. And I, I, I sincerely, I, I really genuinely mean this when I say like, I can't think of a bad kid that I coach at, at Flagler. And then that's just a really huge testament to how our department is run from the top down. Um, so whether it's our athletic director, associate athletic directors, every single head coach, like there is a premium put on your athletes better be getting good grades, volunteer hours. Like it's, and on top of that, you better win. Um, mm. So, so I, I can safely say there, there really isn't any bad kid. I, there are kids that, that are immensely talented and coast. And if, if one of them's listening and they think I'm talking about them, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it's 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 nothing really groundbreaking. I mean, for the so so you have your you know your your one percenters, your five percenters, or whatever it is that don't have to work that hard and can and are still amazing athletes. Um, but by and large, it's the kids that uh, that buy in, uh, whether it's buying into a certain culture. Like uh, a great example is our our women's soccer team. Um, a- Ashley Martin is like one of the best. He he's our our head coach. Um, he's arguably the best culture builder I've ever met in my life. Like the, mm-hmm. just the, the, the attention to detail and the level of effort that he and his assistant Tim put into uh, the intangibles and, you know, kind of set, uh, setting their culture and setting the expectations and setting a standard. Uh, it, it's, it, it easily rubs like, like it easily rubs off on the athletes. Like they barely have to try to, to get it right in order to get it right just because there's so much emphasis on it that you'd have to be blind and deaf not to not to be a part of it um and so then since they're a part of it that just they sort of just ride the wave of you know they've tim and ashley have built such a terrific program that focuses on the things that you know we're we're talking about hard work and discipline and consistency and uh and, and things like that that if you're in that program, you'd have to be deliberately trying not to be those things in order to not get the benefit. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and even though I say he's, he's, it, it's, it's not to say that all the other teams are lacking that it's just that he is just elite in, in, ter- in terms of how well he's able to do that. Um, and so to a certain degree, every other team has that. Um, uh, so I, I, I suppose just to, kind of if i if i were trying to think of a a simpler way to say that it's uh you you have your your talented kids that can coast and that's not ideal but they're not you know they're not troublemakers they're not problem kids they're they're not anything like that and then everybody else you know the ones that succeed the most you're all you're all americans you're all conference players you know they are driven by they're driven by something, whether it's, I want to, whether they want to win a championship or they want individual recognition, or, you know, I have a scholarship to earn or keep. Um, I suppose a, a, a universal constant is um, they're, they're driven by something. And there's even some kids like we just, we just talked about it the other day. Um, I, we use the term space cadet where they're just in their own world, like 95% of the time. Yeah, uh, but then all of a sudden you put a ball in their hand or a ball at their feet and they are locked in just absolutely cerebral. Like they know everything about the game. They know every little nook and cranny. And you're just like, are you're not the, who are you? It, it's just absolutely wild. So, so it's, it's um, just, they're, they're driven and compelled by something, whether it's the game itself or the hard work behind it, or, or like I said, the recognition that comes with it. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. So it sounds like for everyone else, which is, you know, most of us, we all have a talent in a specific area, but for a lot of people listening to this podcast, it 
may not be getting into the habit of working out or eating well or being able to stress less. It sounds like a few things is A, like the hard work itself and being able to recognize, hey, I've got to do the work. I've got to put in these consistent habits, but also some sort of motivation, figuring out the why, but then also culture, which I was really like glad that you brought up. We don't we don't talk about culture a lot. And I think because you are in the environment you're in and you're training people within a very specific culture and a culture that's manageable. Um, so I've got two questions for you, Connor. One, why is culture so important? Like why does it help people get motivated? And two, if you're a regular everyday person, you're not in college, how do you use culture to kind of like help you with your goals? Um, I'll, the, so I'll answer the second one first. So it like, okay. because it is like, quote unquote, easier, you know, if there, there's, there's 23 girls on that, on our women's soccer roster. So it's pretty easy if you're one and there's 22 other ones around you that are excellent. It's pretty easy to just like, all right, well, I guess I better be excellent. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Like whenever, whenever you're on your own and, or, or, you know, just uh, you're away from, from sort of that sort of group um it's difficult to it's it's difficult to to get that same sort of culture i mean like just use the word um so i don't know if there's a a a a correct answer or at least a short correct answer um i mean right off the top of my head if if you are literally trying to recreate a team atmosphere then it's you know finding something that is as similar as possible. I mean, that's why CrossFit gyms got, I think that's why CrossFit gyms are so popular is because one, one, the workouts are fun, but two, it's like, it's a team atmosphere. Like in in the same way that if a player misses practice, like people are texting them before the practice has even started. Like if if they're, if it seems like they're going to be late, like it's people saying like, Hey man, where are you? Um, And it's a similar vibe with like a, a, a box gym where it's, you know, people saying, Hey, where were you on Monday? Or, you know, so it's a a similar team atmosphere in that regard. So, so one solution could just be literally like, go find something that looks like a team, whether it's a group of people that are like-minded with the same type of training that you like, um, uh, or, or it doesn't even necessarily have to be something that you are like, you could take a flyer on it. So instead of, I have the thing I like to do, I'm going to go find people that uh that like to do that same thing and here's where they gather it's the other way around it's i don't know what i want to do here's all these different groups of people that do stuff which one looks the most appealing to me okay i'm going to do that and and maybe it works maybe it doesn't yeah um i'm I'm just if i'm trying to cultivate culture uh in a non-team setting i really just keep coming back to how close can you get to a team setting um Mm. Even if it's, I mean, let's say you're just isolated, you're in the middle of nowhere and there is no team at at the very least, like the internet exists. So, you know, it's finding it's, it's, uh, join, joining some message board or, uh, you know, uh, creating a group message with your friends or your like-minded friends. And again, it's just like checking in with like, uh, you know, establishing that what whatever small sliver of that piece of culture that you can bring with you that you can establish for yourself in your own life. Um, I have to imagine that that would at least be somewhat effective. You know, it's it's not yeah. going to be the same as being around, you know, a championship winning team all the time. Um, but as long as you are, you know, if you're going to try to define, define culture loosely, I suppose it could be a group of like-minded people um, all working to maintain a certain air about the group. Uh, yeah. You know, our, our culture is one of hard work or our culture is one of discipline or our culture is one of love or our culture is one of acceptance or whatever it is. Well, that's that's a you know, that's a an, in, an intangible aspect that everybody is trying to simultaneously uphold. Uh, so you can still get that through a cell phone, you know, through just a through a WhatsApp group. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, I, I would say some of it, you know, the further away, the further removed you are from. Uh, the actual physical group itself, the more difficult it's going to be. So it's, and, you know, not all the work is going to be done for you in any endeavor ever. So at some point in time, it's like, okay, I got to, you know, I got to actually do this thing or I got to actually commit to it. But 
even those three or four people that that are chit chatting every day in the group message, like that's still something to look forward to. That's like, oh, I'm going to tell these people what I did today. Or if I don't do this thing, these people are going to hold me accountable. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HF podcast. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Yeah, no, I think you bring up some really, really great points there. I found as a personal trainer, actually, even at work, people are either like results orientated or experience orientated. And I think the people who struggle with um, maintaining goals are often very experience orientated and that's where the accountability comes in and the and the you know team training comes in and I actually listened to um, a diary of CEO Stephen Bartlett he chats about this accountability group that he has of like basically they do all these hit workouts and but they actually attach a anti-reward, like a punishment to it. And mm-hmm. whoever, like the people, last two people who do the worst get kicked out of the group. So it's actually <laughs> embodying like that tribal element. It's kind yeah. of like being put on the benches. So it's funny, like as you're explaining that, I'm like, there are so many ways and you can embody this. And I do where I see like college athletes struggle. And I say this because I've interviewed a few of them and I've interviewed people who were college athletes and now they've moved into, you know, therapy or fitness training or what have you. And a lot of them struggled with once they left university, they attached so much of their identity to being a college athlete. And then all of a sudden they're not training for 10, 20 hours or however many hours per week. And then maintaining that fitness habit becomes so much harder because it's like, oh, I'm in corporate America now. <laughs> how yeah. do I how do I be an athlete too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that, that's probably the the number one uh shock for them, whether whether it's the the fitness, just the staying in shape aspect, um, but even more so like the I um I I've uh, uh an anecdote that is relevant, but I'm I'm going to talk slowly because I I don't want to be rude to the person that I'm talking about and divulge any information. But they're they essentially are like I was having a conversation with them the other with them the other day, and they're at a point where they should probably stop playing. Um, and they're like, I, I don't know how to do that. Like mm-hmm. I literally don't know how to operate without this much structure in my life and and not not just like it's it's not like they can't feed themselves like they 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 can be a person but it's like i i don't know what life is like without this sport in it and mm-hmm. and in it to such a huge degree and i am and it's terrifying like i yeah. i know what i'm supposed to do i like my coaches told me i i have told me and then you know my friends have told me like it's over i'm done but because there's you know this this thing has been such a a an, a gigantic part of of my life and who I am. I have no idea how to let this go, and and that's mm-hmm. that's I I would imagine that's not uncommon amongst no. even healthy athletes. I would say there's a huge fear of failure, but there's also a huge fear of success. So I think you and I we come from a couple of different angles, which is so beautiful that we've got to meet. Is I see a lot of people that are struggling to implement habits and sometimes I see a fear of success a fear of the what if like what if I actually got my goals and for you it's like 
that fear of change, that fear of, I guess, failure, that fear of like a massive upheaval, because that being such a huge part of your culture and your community, I can imagine moving away from that and having to reinvent yourself. That's quite confronting, especially for a young person. And I think whether it happens while you're inside college or straight after college, like quarter life crisis is like a whole thing because you kind of, in your head, you've got this idea of what life's going to be after college, what life's going to be when you get your first corporate job. And we kind of put it on this pedestal. But then when you get there, you're like, oh, this is Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm not good with that. Like I, I, uh, when people like one of the first things I'll say about myself is I'm a strength coach mm-hmm. and like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, if I, st- and, and you know, I, I know I mentioned earlier, like what if college athletics disappears it, once I, you know, wipe away, wipe away all the debris, I'll, I'll figure out what I'm doing with my life. So I'm not, I, I know that if it disappears, I'm not, completely screwed but there's no doubt there's no no, uh there's no lying about the fact that i absolutely attach a great deal of uh my persona or personality or or character whatever you want to say it is to the notion that like i work in college athletics and i'm a strength coach Mm. so like and so just just if i were to uh, you know, put myself through the thought exercise of all of a sudden that doesn't exist. Like that is not comfortable for me. No, definitely not. And this person that you're speaking about is getting to go through that experience early and getting to learn about this experience and getting to, and it's, it comes full circle to what you said at the start about why you do what you do. And it's about building strength through character, whether it's lifting the weights or whether it's helping people have discipline. Ultimately, in some point of our lives, it's figuring out our purpose and figuring out why we're doing things with that intentionality. And I think that lesson can be kind of translated to like why you want to lift in the first place. And I think people need to have that motivation or that why to be able to build those habits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Um, like, like when, so when I, I, I have, um, private clients that I'll work with either online or, or in person. And when I, one of the questions or a couple of the questions that I, I ask them on, like, you know, my intake form is like, how ready are you to do this? How willing are you to do this? And I think it's how prepared are you to do this? So that there's one other or how able are you, are you to do this? Mm, um, that's a big one. <laughs> And you would think that like, oh, the 10, 10, like, why would I be seeking you out if I wasn't like ready, willing, and able? Well, it's like, okay, I'm not willing, but the only reason, but I, I'm, I'm 0% willing to do this, but my doctor told me if I don't lose 20 pounds that I like, or if if my blood pressure doesn't go down by 30 points, like I might have a heart attack. So like, here I am. So it's not always just like the, um, it's it's not always as simple as as you just said. It's it's not always as simple as like okay, it's the, the motivation is is um, an easy one or even a fun one. It's like I I'll do this, but like I don't want to be here. Like this yeah. this all I have done is acknowledge that I have to do this. I like this still sucks just as much as I thought it did yesterday before I got this news. Mm. Yeah, that's such a good point. And actually, I, w- I do want to speak about this. I know you help people with confidence, especially in the weight room. I've seen that the weight room can be triggering for some people, like not everyone have has a college, college athlete background. So what would you say to those folks in terms of like building confidence and the weight room and um, I guess falling in love with exercise when they have a motivation that's more reactive rather than proactive? Um. Well, first, first of all, I I feel like I should say you, you're definitely right, um, and it's and like that's you you shouldn't if if you're somebody that that has that intimidation or, or for whatever reason has an apprehension about walking into a, a weight room, like you shouldn't feel bad about it, and mm-hmm. like is is it something to to um, work on? Is it something? Is it something to work on and and try to get over and, and do your best to to power through and 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 address sure but that's also not some like big point of shame like thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people are don't like the gym for a number of different reasons or you know the the, the, not necessarily they don't like working out but they don't like an actual weight room and there's nothing wrong with it that's fine 
Um, I would say that the, I, I guess I'll give the answer that's going to sound weird and then I'll explain myself. But like, I feel like some of the reasons behind why people don't like going to the, to an actual gym is one like, Oh, but I'm so weak. People are going to, people are going to judge me for, for the weight that I put up or, Oh, I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm way too skinny or I'm way too big or, or whatever it is. And, and people are going to look at me and, and judge me. And what I hear a lot of people like, like trainers or just generally in shape people or people that like the gym, they go, no, no one's going to judge you. And, and like, I don't think that's like, that's right. Like, yeah, yes. People are going to judge you. You're a hundred percent correct. The, the, I think the, the thing to keep in mind is one, it's not going to be nearly as many people as you might think. So mm -hmm. it's not the whole gym. It might be a dickhead or two from time to time. Um, so that's one is, is like, accept yeah. the fact that a lot of your fears about the gym are true. They are not nearly like they are orders of magnitude, less significant than you think they are. Um, and so, so rather than, you know, trying to avoid discomfort of any kind, in this case, it's, you know, like, well, I want to be uh, the feeling of being judged, the feeling of being looked at or whatever it is. It's, it's more so to me, I think it's, and, and, and I'll, I'll stop myself and say, I realize I'm saying all of this from a point of, we'll call it privilege of like, I don't mind the gym and I'm not too big or small. So it's easy for me to say that stuff. I understand that. Um, <laughs> It's so ra rather than trying to avoid that discomfort at all, it's developing uh, a the ability to experience it and withstand it. Mm -hmm. um, nobody should be like, like, I'm not saying it. That's OK. Like that person is a dick, but you're going to experience those types of people. Um, so to me, it's I, th I think it would be it is much more beneficial or much more worth somebody's time to sort of work work on ways to work through it rather than avoid it yes. um I, I, one of the quotes i put at the bottom of my, uh, our, our workout sheets is don't ask for a lighter load ask for a stronger back um <laughs> so somewhat similar um you know don't don't ask for don't, don't ask for a a quiet room with nobody looking at you and and uh you know, nothing is ever uncomfortable. Like instead ask for the comfortability with yourself and the confidence in your capability to not care about that person that's being a judgmental dick. Yeah, you're so right. And I, I've never heard it explained that way. I think to your point earlier, you mentioned that you know, a lot of people say, oh no, no one's looking at you there. And I'm guilty of this as well, because I would say that a lot of people are just so obsessed with their workout and obsessed with strengthening themselves that there are yeah. a lot of people who aren't judging you, but you're so right. There's a few assholes out there. There are sure. assholes, yeah. but it's not just in the gym. It's when you're at work, it's when you're in traffic, it's when you're at the supermarket, there's always yeah. going to be a dickhead. So actually building your ability to be able to withstand those circumstances and to build your own self-confidence and your belief that, Hey, even though I have really small arms and I can't lift that much, I'm going for the five pound weights right now. That doesn't mean that I won't be stronger later or or what have you. I think that that's a really cool um, way that you look at things because it's realistic. You're not kind of um, gaslighting that, anyone to thinking going. that it's, yeah, yeah. It's to like, thinking like being that it's realistic. Not. And I will say like, so essentially all I've done, like your question was, what would I, if I've got somebody that doesn't like to go to the gym, how would I help them go to the gym? And effectively, all I've said so far is go to the gym. Like, so I'm, I, <laughs> I haven't really presented any action items. So, so uh, let me like present a few. One would be go with a friend. Like, yes. you know, bring me with you. <laughs> you know, it's like, but go, go with somebody. I mean, it's, there's nothing, uh, you could certainly go with somebody that is just as afraid of the gym as you, you know, like you're both jumping in the pool together. Like, all right, if we're drowning, we're doing it together. Um, but you could also like go with somebody that's like, yeah, man, I go there all the time. Everybody knows me. Like, you know, they're going to know me. So they'll know you. So, you know, that, 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 uh, would certainly ease it a lot better. Um, one could be like, you don't have to day one, 
uh, walk in and use the machine in the middle of the room with every single human looking at you. Like there's nothing wrong with like, you know, grading that exposure therapy, so to speak. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and this is the first time I've ever been in it. So today I'm just going to go walk on the treadmill and go home. Or today I'm just going to go to the stretching area and like maybe do some med ball exercise, maybe do some core exercises with the med ball and then leave. Um, you know, you don't suddenly have to put on a show for everybody. Um, other, uh, the, the other one that came to my mind was, this is what my fiance does. She wears a hat because she just, that, that it's blinders for her. Um, so she's not even noticing the number of people that are actually at the gym. Uh, and it just provides sort of a little, um, you know, a, a sense of comfort, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm under my hat, I'm under my hood. Like we, we can wear a sweatshirt and put the hood up. You know, there's that. Trust me, there's there's people that look a whole lot weirder than walking around with their hood up in a gym. So like, you will not stick out, and you'll feel a little better about you know it's it's just me. No one knows I'm here. Um, yeah, so that's such a great idea. perspective. I never understood why people wore hats in the gym. Not that I was judging. I'm like, hey, yeah. you do you. But I now get it. You get to put your blinders on. That's really smart yeah. of your fiance. It's it's her. Don't talk to me hat. Yes. Well, you we're, on a, we're on a pretty good streak right now of no one speaking to her when, when she wears that hat. So yeah, she likes it. Yeah. Also, uh, people can't see me right now, but I'm wearing big noise canceling headsets. They <laughs> they can help too. That paired with a hat, and yeah. you know, you're you're in your own little world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's if if that isn't the universal, especially like that's the universal. Don't talk to me. Sign for anybody, but especially if a woman is wearing like big big headphones and a hat she might as well be wearing a shirt that says piss off. Yeah. <laughs> and, I need to start wearing hats on fine. airplanes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like there's, and like, good for you, girl. Like you go, you wear as not as, as anti talk to me stuff as you want. You know, I, I do not um, envy a, uh, a, a woman in the gym that is just trying to get her workout in. And it's, and it's, you know, I, I see people online saying like, Oh, where should I, uh, you know, what's a good place to talk to women? It's like, go to the gym. You'll find, you'll find a, you know, a like-minded individual there. And it's like, no, you'll find a bunch of women that are trying to do the same thing that you're doing, uh, which is get a workout in like, yeah, leave me <laughs> go to a Taylor Swift concert for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are some really great tips. So I especially love the dip your toe in the water approach as well. Um, you like even, even if you don't go for a whole hour, at least getting in the habit of going to the gym, I feel like yeah. builds that confidence, which is obviously layer one. And then once you build that confidence, we can start refining and growing from there, which is really great. Yeah. yeah you also, we've spoken, we've touched on this a few different ways. I know that you're on social media quite a bit and we're, we've spoken a little bit about what people think. So what are your thoughts on um, social media and how it kind of affects our perception of things? Uh, I mean, it's pretty objectively horrible. Like, you know, um, it, it, I mean, with regards to anything, like, uh, Instagram is everybody's highlight reel. So like, you're the only person that sees your bloopers and Instagram is just everybody else's best look on their best day. So you're mm-hmm. like, you look, you open up Instagram and, and like doom scroll for 30 minutes and you're like, wow, I'm a real piece of shit. And you don't realize <laughs> that like, like the, the it, it's like social media is fake. Like Twitter's not real. There's the, the like the you know the just things that happen on the internet don't actually exist. Um, mm. and, and so like I said, from a lifestyle perspective, but then certainly you know thousands of times worse is uh, is the is the effect it has on uh, like body dysmorphia and body image and this, that, and the other thing. I saw a a tweet yesterday that said, um, the guy was like, here's how bad, uh, like, you know, uh, fitness standards or beauty standards or whatever you want to call it, like, like physique standards. Here's how bad they've gotten. Uh, I watched the opening scene from Terminator two, uh, the other day where Arnold Schwarzenegger, like walks, walks into the bar totally naked. And like, he looked kind of small and, and and so so i go i go what? i don't know about that like i i go pull the pull the scene up on youtube and i'm like yeah his traps could use some work like, like <laughs> as the, the the literal mr olympia 
that was cast to look like a goddamn Terminator, like fast forward 30, however many that was, you know, 40 some, 30, 35 years. And like yeah. him compared to like some 17 year old kid that like took SARMs for three years. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, he's looking kind of skinny. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, and sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal-getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to, uh, to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Like, that's, that's just wild. how insane that is. But it's also the guy that we all look up to. And like, if you go to any bodybuilder gym, there's always a picture of Arnie in it. Yeah. So like, what a, what a strange dichotomy that is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, I, I don't need, I mean, there, there's any, any piece of literature, like any study that's, that's, that ever comes out always, always comes to the same conclusion, which is like, Hey guys, this is pretty like objectively terrible. Like you guys definitely should not be doing, doing as many as, uh, spending as much time on social media as you do, if any at all. And everyone's yeah. just like, yeah. And, and and everybody's like, yeah, we know, but we're not gonna, like, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, but like, thanks for the info. Yeah. And you, don't do even, you, reckon you, you don't need that literature to see for yourself that it's just obscenely warped uh, people's impressions of other people and themselves. Like somebody, uh, read a comment the other day that said like 315 is the new 20 is the new 225 um for like bench uh, uh, it's as a benchmark oh yeah, press yeah. Max. and like it kind of is like i just thought about those numbers and i was like yeah like i'm actually not that impressed by a 315 bench anymore because i just see so many like random high schoolers throw it up on instagram yeah. and i'm like dude i'm like <laughs> what's the point anymore like I'm never, this is, I'm never going to be happy ever, ever with any lift ever. So I can't imagine how everybody else feels. Cause I'm like, I'm kind of strong. <laughs> like mm. I, I have some, some level of impressive, like lifting uh, competence. So I can't imagine somebody that's just starting out or even been lifting for a couple of years and is, is like finally grinds to that 225 bench. And they're like, hell yeah, dude, I got two plates. And then they read a, a comment like that and they're like, and they just, you know, all all that, uh, what what that does to their brain, and just what that does to their psyche. Yeah, for sure. Do you reckon? I'm really curious because I see the pictures of people on the train back in the day, all with their newspapers, not talking to each other. Do you reckon that the comparison culture is worse now, or we just found different things to compare ourselves to back in the day? I would say it's 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 probably both, but much more so the first one. Um, 
yeah. because like because like keeping up with the Joneses has always been a thing and that, that's like kind of what you're describing um but now you have instant access to a hundred million Joneses yeah. so as opposed to just like yeah I'd like to have a better car than my neighbor does or mm. you know I'd like to have a slightly big I'd like to have the biggest house in the neighborhood like now it's I want to have the nicest car on Instagram or, or it's not, not that, not that good of an example, but like you're now you're getting, uh, uh, you're, you're being shown tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people your age or younger. So the excuse of, Oh, well, you know, they're, they're all they're, they're They've had 15 years to do that is out the door. And so now it's, well, this person is as old as you or younger than you. And they're bigger than you, or they're more shredded than you are, or they make more money than you do, or they have a nicer car, or they have a better job, or they have a, a, a more attractive spouse, or, or whatever it is. And like, it, you're just constantly bombarded with like, here's why what you have isn't good enough. Yeah. No, you're so right. And we're not meant to have a community that large. Humans are meant to have like tribes that are smaller than that. So I do think it's, it's very much like cognitive and comparison overload for so many of us. Like, obviously the answer is, hey, the answer isn't, hey, never go on social media. How would you help people to stop comparing themselves to others and be happy with their progress? And I, I guess like, how should we be quantifying our progress in, in the gym um, in a way that's more healthy? Uh, it basically just goes back to like one of the first things that we said, um, <laughs> like when you're... Uh, like I, I said, there, there's people that are just born special. Um, yeah. So it doesn't matter how hard you work, they're always going to be faster and stronger. Uh, and so, you know, when I, the the addendum that I get, I made to that, my, my first statement is the one that I'll just bring back up now, which is you, you, you just have to refocus your perspective on, like the only, it's, everybody's heard this, but like the only person that you should be concerned with is who you were yesterday or the day before, or last week, or last month, or last year, or whatever. Um, so like, I a good example would be, would be me. Like I, I did a bodybuilding show in, uh, Hall uh, on Halloween 2020. So coming up on, you know, three, three, essentially three years ago, uh, I weighed 153 pounds and I weighed in at 213 this morning. Wow. Uh, so I've gained 60 pounds and and I'm still lean. Like I still I'm I'm not stage lean, but like I still have a visible unflexed six pack. And the only reason I'm I'm nobody cares. But the only reason I'm saying that is because <laughs> I I am giving some you know a, a little a, a little bit of perspective to I have gained sixty pounds of relatively lean mass, and I feel worse now than I did whenever I was 153 pounds. And it's because one, it's because I'm not quite as lean. So you don't get to see all the cuts and everything, but a huge part of it, no question is how much the last three years, all I've done is just stare at thousands and thousands and thousands of physiques that are better, better than mine. And then I've completely forgotten that like, dude, I could like eat the, the previous me. And, and like, that's how much bigger and stronger and more muscular I am than I used to be. Um, and I have, I have almost no happiness to show for it because I rarely ever think of that guy. I always, I'm all, I'm thinking of the current people that aren't me instead of thinking of the guy that I used to be three years ago or two years ago or one or whatever it is. So as soon as I do that, as soon as I pull up my old training logs or, or my old progress pictures, then I'm like, like, oh, I'm crushing it. You know, like I, I am, I am absolutely killing this. But the the further away I get from the comparison of me, and I start comparing it to other, it's just anybody. Um, then it then you you the you you lose more and more of the perspective. Yeah, that makes total sense. It's it's grounding in yourself, and by the sounds of it, you know, body fat percentage isn't the goal right now, and you're able to focus on some of those like more functional kind of measurements of like how much you can lift and hey me even at 150 can do a lot yeah and so like an, another like part of your question is like how do you quantify it you know it's it understanding that so to your point so like you mentioned body fat like even if you are a bodybuilder or even if you're somebody that has a very very specific 
uh, goal, if you're a marathon runner or if you're, you're you know, whatever else, you're a power lifter, um, you may only have a couple of metrics. You, you may have fewer metrics with which to measure your progress than, say, a, a general fitness weekend warrior type person. But it's mm. it's highly unlikely unless you're a truly elite, unless you're truly elite in your in your activity that you have only one. Um, so if literally all you're trying to do is break the bench press world record, then yeah, you only have one metric that you're, that you can use. Um, but for pretty much everybody else, there are at least two of, if you didn't get any better at this over this period of time, what about this? Well, you did better here, then you should feel good about yourself. And yeah. I, I use the same so on like a micro scale. I use that same perspective with my athletes of like, look, Yes, the idea is you should like look back on if, if we're on week two, or I should say if, if we're on, if we're on week three, and between one and week two, you see uh, no progress, you didn't jump up in any of your weights, um, then it's okay on this week three, if you still feel like crap, try to hit what you did before, and we're just gonna work our way down. So okay, if it's five exercises, exercise number one, See if you can do something better than you did last time. No? Okay, fine. Exercise number two? No? Okay, fine. Three, four, five, all the way down. And even if it's, I held a plank for 15 longer seconds, and that's the only thing I did better in this workout, cool, there's your progress. Like, you you still got better. And then even if you didn't do that, let's say you got worse, then it's still sort of that, that, that like, 80-20, like, it's going to come out in the wash. Like, you're, mm. if you... Like for every bad workout you have, um, or like for, I should say for every every time that you don't quit working out after a bad workout, you just beat like a thousand people because that was their last workout. You're so right. So is 80-20 like the notion of you will be having good workouts, eighty like you will see progress 80% of the time? And sometimes, yeah, you're going to have a bad workout, but the idea is to keep going because it, you will beat lots of people. Uh, not so much. It's um, the it's kind of like a I think it's called the Paletto principle, and I might be it's I don't think it's Palmetto because that's a food or something. Um, but I, I think it's the Paletto principle, which is essentially the you will get eighty percent of the benefit from twenty percent of the. Um, from twenty yeah, percent yeah. of the effort, and I, I know I'm even butchering it there, but it, it's basically saying like the twenty most important percent is going to mm. give you eighty percent of the benefit. Yeah, twenty percent of the results come from eighty percent. Wait, eighty percent of the results come from twenty yeah. percent of the work. Yeah. Correct. Um, and so, so there's, I, I use that uh, when I'm talking about, um, like said, like like gen, kind of general fitness stuff. So like. The twenty percent, the twenty percent uh, of the work is, uh, or the, the twenty most important percent is, you know, train, train consistently, train with intensity, uh, eat at a caloric surplus. Uh, it, you know, if we're trying to like build strength and build muscle, um, eat at a caloric surplus, eat an appropriate amount of protein, get enough sleep, drink enough water, like those big rocks. If you nail those and do literally nothing else, meaning like all the other, like the other 80, like the, you know, your, your protein timing after pre and post workout and your supplementation and, uh, you know, all, all these things that it's not that they don't matter. It's that they aren't going to make as big of a difference as if you just got those other things right. So even mm -hmm. if you nail everything else at best, you're only getting 20%. If you if you're if you don't have those you know those big rocks nailed down, um, so the the that's the actual principle. The other way that I use it is um, it is more along the lines of similar to like to to the example you gave of as long as you're doing as long as you're doing what you should be doing eighty percent of the time, you're probably fine. Yeah. So like look at it from a from like a monthly perspective. So if you know let's just say thirty days. 80%, that's 24. Um, so that means six six days. If six days uh, out of the month, you're not, quote unquote, doing what you should be doing, whether it's a bad night's sleep or 
a missed meal or not a great workout or a stiff workout or whatever it is, that's pretty, you're probably going to be fine. It, it might take, it, it, it might take you a little bit longer to achieve what you want to achieve, but that you are not falling off the wagon at 80, 20, Like you can't, you, you can't look at getting it right 80% of the time and be dissatisfied with that. You're doing just fine. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you mentioned that you really break down the 80% kind of actions, uh, like those sorts of actions that are going to get you most of the results. Because I find in this culture, and it's very much from the comparison culture on social media, we look to, and I love some of these things. We look to the saunas, the the cold showers. We look to like having the perfect five-day split, but none of that matters if you're not eating well and moving often. It's like the most important things are often the more simple things. I think most people know sleep seven to nine hours a night, eat well most of the time, exercise, mix of cardio and strength training. Um, but it's sometimes those things that people aren't doing. Yeah, like a, a mediocre program executed with intensity is always going to yield better results than the quote unquote best program in the world executed to a mediocre level. Um, like I tell... I tell our athletes all the time, like, like I'm, I, I love our athletic training staff. They're great. And, and they, they would back me up on this. Like there is like, you can do every single thing in the athletic training room, whether it's, you know, it's like getting, getting an ice bath or getting a massage or getting stim or, or, you know, all these different things. You could do every single one of those. And it's not going to be as good as if you just got nine hours of sleep. Mm. So, yeah. so like there would be another, like that, there's a real life example of, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to do red light this and I'm going to uh, like, like I'm going to get stim and I'm going to get ice and then this, that, and the other thing, like red light therapy is terrific. The uh, cold, cold, uh, cold plunges are not, they're not popular for why they should be popular, but they're fine. Uh, like all <laughs> those things are they They aren't useless. Like they're, they're at worst uh, providing a negligible therapeutic value, but still giving a, uh, surface level, like this feels good and that's good enough, but that isn't going to do you can, the, the added benefit of all of those things, the cumulative benefit of all those things is not going to add up to the effect of I slept for nine consecutive hours last night. That mm -hmm. is better that that's more tissue repair. That's more, uh, you know, uh, um, recovery for your central nervous system than any of those modalities are going to do for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're so right. Um, I do think sometimes we over overcomplicate it with like with the the micro things <laughs> that aren't aren't going to do as well as what a good night's sleep will do. Speaking of sleep, we are we are coming to a close here. Um I'm curious though, I'm going to let you create your own question. Um, is there anything that we didn't share on the podcast that you really wanted to share with folks today? Um, well, the, the, probably the single biggest thing is, is the, um, uh, wait, I'll finish that thought. The, the single biggest thing was what we had initially touched on, which was just like, like using weight training as a, a sort of a, a way to build confidence. Um, mm -hmm. but I think I would just reiterate that don't ask for a lighter load, uh, ask for a stronger back, uh, statement. Um, like one of the things that I try to like, I, I know that like, first and foremost, I'm a strength coach. So, you know, like I am the mentor side only, I, I only get to start giving out cool quotes from this guy and that guy, if I actually do the strength coach part, right. So I get that. Um, but what, one of the quotes that I, I like to share a lot is, um, do you know who Victor Frankel is? No, I, I've, I've seen it written down, but I can't yeah. imagine something he said. He is, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but he is, he was in the, he was in concentration camps. I can't remember which one, but he was in the Holocaust. Okay. Um, and he uh, is a, or was a philosopher and made it out and lived afterwards. And people were, uh, people asked him like, what, how, how did you, like, what was your mentality? Like, how could you just, what were you thinking? How did you make it through? And he said that the one thing that kept him going was maybe not the only thing, but like one of the, the significant things that he kept repeating to himself was uh, that at try as they might to take away every single freedom he could possibly mm -hmm. have. The one thing that they couldn't take away from him was his freedom of perspective 
or his freedom of how he was going to approach uh, any given event or any given day. So uh, he, I, I don't know if it was him that said this sentence or it was in a book about him, but it's don't ask uh, why, ask what. So if you add, if, if, if a situation happens to you, if you're in, in some negative scenario and you ask why, you're essentially, it, it's why did this happen? Like, why is this happening to me? And nothing really comes from that. It's just, you might get a bunch of people saying like, yeah, why did that happen? That really sucks. But there's no solution from that. Whereas if you ask what, it's this scenario is happening. What should I do about it? Mm -hmm. um, so like accepting that you're in a bad place or accepting that something has wrong has happened isn't um, resignation to that fact. It's just accept, you, you can't possibly expect to change reality if you don't acknowledge what reality is. Mm -hmm. um, so, and so the reason I'm, I'm saying that is just, uh, I think that's a very valuable piece of uh, philosophy, so to speak, to keep in mind, whether it's, uh, if, whether you're a college athlete or uh, <laughs> trying to get into the gym or just trying to make yourself well in, in, in whatever the case may be um, as bad as it might be. So as weak as you are, or as overweight or underweight or, or what, whatever it is, whatever is ailing you, um, you still have control over the perspective that you take on it. And that perspective can be truly therapeutic. If you are reminding yourself that I can still I still have autonomy. I can still do something about this. Yeah, that is huge. And I know where I've heard that name now. It, pretty sure he wrote A Man's Search for Meaning, which I haven't yes. read since yes. I was college age. And you just saying that right now, you know, like there's so many different facets on the wheel of life, like whether it's work, finance, heal, um, health and body, uh, community. And like that advice that you just shared right now really resonates with me in one area of my life because I'm asking, oh, why is it like this? And and no matter like how evolved you are in certain areas or not not as evolved in certain areas, it's like a really great reminder to folks that focus on the what, like what needs to change about my perception. And yeah. I remember reading that book and being like, wow, he is just so strong to just be, okay. just be a, going through the most horrendous thing you can possibly go for and be like, well, yeah. they're not going to touch my brain. Um, yeah, just, just an absolutely like, and you know, I, I, I'm, I, I use that phrase like almost once a week. Like I, I say it all the time and it's to stuff like, you know, you didn't get to start this weekend or like, or you rolled your ankle. So you're out for two weeks. And it's like, yeah, you know, people, and I'm, I'm not, uh, knocking anybody for for you know letting that for, for something like that seeming like it's the most important thing in their in, in their life because up until that point it probably is yeah it is yeah um but it's just it's it's crazy what whether it's something like that or all the way up to you know what he experienced like you how it's it's universally applicable that like mm -hmm. what he said never doesn't work it's it's yeah. always like Oh yeah, that, yeah, I can still, I can still think however I want about this. Like this, it's like, I know Jocko Willink is a big, uh, is like super popular right now. So like his, his, his version of that is good. You ever heard his like good speech? No. Like, uh, oh, we didn't get the, that, that order for new equipment fell through. Good. It's an opportunity for us to figure out a better way to do it. Or, uh, you didn't, yeah. that, didn't get that promotion. Good. It's a better, it's a more time for you to get better at your job. It's, you know, so same sort of thing. Like It's like everything happens for a reason, but like more yeah. chill and less yeah. spiritual. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. Like we lost uh, uh, our women. I think I'm getting the dates right here. We blew our, our uh, a couple of years ago, we blew a 3-1 lead in the second half to, uh, to Columbus State um, in the regular season, which lost us the regular season championship. And then we went to their place, beat them in the conference tournament final. And then two weeks later, beat them in the NCAA tournament, both at their place. So like losing that regular season game. Good. Good. <laughs> we can make it back. Yeah. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, Connor. You have so much wisdom and it's really nice to hear your, your perspective, you know, working with athletes and, and strength training all day. I'm sure we could chat for hours. Um, 
but I'm sure that lots of people want to hear more about what you do, um, want to hear from you on social media. So for people who've enjoyed this conversation, how can they get in touch with you? Um, they can, so it, Instagram is where I'm most, um, uh, most active. So, uh, at Connor, C O N N O R dot get me G E T T E M Y. Um, my on uh, Facebook. So the, the, that's my Instagram handle, but it's the Instagram is me, but it's also my, my, it's not even, it's, I, I won't call it a company because it's me, but it's, you know, it's, it's my, my training service, which is get strong performance. So if you search G E T T get strong performance on Facebook, you can find me there as well. Um, I, I don't care who has my phone number because we, we haven't talked about like, uh, really mental health or anything like that. But like, I've, I've talked with enough at enough athletes and enough just people in general to know that like everybody is hurting right now. So uh, my my cell phone is four one two five eight zero six two seven one. If you you can like pick my brain about training, uh, or or you know if you're if you're nervous about the gym or, or and you're in Florida and you want me to go with you, or or you know if you just need someone to talk to, like I'm always I'm always around. That's awesome. That's uh really generous of you to just want to have a chat with folks and and help people feel more comfortable and you're right a a big part of this and the reason i train is my mental health it's to not have depression or anxiety to stay (laughs) stay sane (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep amazing well thank you so much for joining the podcast connor it's been an absolute pleasure really appreciate you having me thank you very much No worries. And for everyone listening at home, whether you are in the gym yourself, listening to the podcast, driving your car or cleaning the house, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.